There goes Mason Latimer, off on his first flight. I have to admit that when I saw that clip this past summer, I thought of this summer, of this Sunday. Little did I know all that would be going on, all that would be happening this first week of the new year. So here we go like Mason, not quite sure what to expect on our first flight of 2020. What all the bells and whistles signify, but here we go five days into the new year and our journey like Mason's has begun. And what a journey. Pastor Melanie in our prayers this morning referred to much of what's been going on in these past five days. Our actions in Iraq, assassinations, threats and counter threats, rumors of war and troop deployments and movements, fears abound. Our denomination in the headlines with a proposed separation plan Oh, and do I need to remind us that it's an election year and that the primary season is only a few weeks away and the year is only five days old? And then there's the anti-Semitic attacks on synagogues and the shootings in churches. Dread and fear abound. A recent article in the New York Times noted that a season of distrust has permeated everything over these past several years. Our world, as Pastor Melanie reminded us, is on fire. Australia burns. New Zealand coughs. California braces for the Santa Ana winds that will be coming. Oh, our church here is changing right before our eyes. The sanctuary is different. We're setting up for a second service about to start. We're setting up new models of how to do business to govern our operations as a congregation. Like Mason in this clip, to be honest, we're all a little bit dubious that we've made the right decisions when we came on board. Was this the flight we really thought we were on? Who knows what to expect? I had a dear friend, one of my mentors, who died recently. At his funeral, we were all reminded that when someone said something that Al Bamsey totally disagreed with, rather than refute it, refute it, and depending on the comment, he might say, oh, or if he really disagreed with you, he might say, ooh. And if you presented a whole new possibility, something he hadn't even considered, there was always, oh, ooh, oh, oh, might sum up 
all of us as we enter this year, it might be a good way to enter this year for all of us. And to start the year, we have this wonderful story about a journey, another journey, the journey of the Magi that Greg read for us this morning. How do we unpack that story in light of our world, our present circumstances? How do we weave it into a meditation here? So this morning I refer to a meditation from the Iona community in Scotland as I work through these thoughts this morning. Look at those wise ones, those magi. They set out to follow a star. They recognize something in the midst of the darkness. They saw a sign of promise. They opened themselves to a moment of wonder in the midst of their crazy world and they followed that promise. They opened themselves up to a moment of wonder. The star's light shining in the darkest night and they left their world behind. So I ask each of us this morning to think on this, to ponder this. When have you been captured by a moment of wonder? When have you experienced an awakening moment that led you to a deeper understanding of something? That led you to a deeper journey in your journey of faith? That tweak of promise that was there in the midst of despair. In my own life, when I was let go from a teaching position and things were looking very, very down, and I was wondering what to do and there were no jobs that seemed to be on the horizon, a friend came and offered me a promise offered me a tweak of an idea that if I would work with him with the American Friends Service Committee, we could look at what was going on with hunger in Detroit. And that decision to follow and to take that promise changed my life. So when have you found yourself in the depths where and how did you recognize the light? These wise men were captured by wonder. They were led to act, but they didn't act alone. They traveled together. In fact, we really don't know how many of them there were. It's tradition that puts the number at three, and it's three simply because we know of three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Therefore, there were three. Well, maybe two of them brought gold. Maybe 15 brought frankincense. We don't know the number. It's not important. But there was definitely more than one. And like any group traveling together, they became a community. They shared their experiences. They shared their insights. They asked their questions. 
They drew on each other's experience and strengths. I have been blessed in my ministry to have a strong support group of fellow travelers, of pastors. Pastor Melanie and has been one of them. Karen Poole has been another. Folks who we've been together for over 30 years in ministry, meeting together, sharing our joys, our fears, our anger, our questions, where we are in ministry, our callings, where they lead us, five years into ministry, 10 years into ministry, into retirement. That group of colleagues has been extremely important to me. So again, I ask you, think of the community that surrounds you, that embraces you. How do you experience community? What does that community add to your identity? Who are the folks who help you with your questions? Who are the wise, wise ones on your journey? These wise ones followed the star right into the halls of power with all its intrigue and deception into the king's presence. King Herod himself. King Herod the Great, the one who built the second temple, the great religious leader. There they find themselves caught in Herod's web of lies and power politics and misdirection. Report back to me so that I may go and honor him also. So where and how are we led astray? Where and how do we find ourselves confused? How does our O become O? The royal birth, the magi find, that royal birth that comes to bless is not found in a royal palace where they had expected it. In fact, it's in the least expected place, the little town of Bethlehem. When, so when have you discovered what you most sought in the unlikeliest of places? What needed to change before you could recognize it, before you could see it? Unpacking this old familiar story, we find they make their way not to the stable, but the scripture says to the house. Here they pay their respects and present their gifts, their treasures. Here they stop and they worship. So how do you cultivate a time to stop? from the busyness and the rush, from all the news that we get, constant news. So there can be moments of recognition. When and how do you slow down to listen and be embraced by the Spirit? Here in the quiet of a mother's arms, they surround it. they're surrounded by the deep silence of worship, 
of knowing, of understanding, of recognition, and their O oh and their ooh is turned into an ah. An ah. And their lives are changed, for we are told they go back to their own country by a different way. Epiphany is a time for aha moments. When our oohs and our O's and our O's are stated, when we get it, Epiphany reminds us that God is still at work in our world and that the Holy continues to break into our, into our daily life if we but have the eyes to see it, the ears to hear it, and the open hearts to embrace it. Epiphany reminds us that we are all but clay in the potter's hands to be remolded anew, reformed, reshaped, realigned so that God's radiance and power and love might shine through us and the extraordinary, you see, breaks out in the ordinary. As we begin this new year, as we journey together, I pray that we, like the Magi, like Mason, may find our O's, that even our O's turned into A's. And may we journey together with the Magi as we come to this table, to this table of grace, as we journey together to be fed with the cup of blessing and the bread of heaven as we journey by a different way. Amen and amen.